This is KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah. And today, Wednesday, we have the weekly shiur on Agadot Avraham Avinu. This is Ezra Beck. And uh, this week, we're going to discuss a midrash that's found in the beginning of Lech Lecha, but isn't so much about the early part or the beginning of Avraham's life, as it is a general comment on Avraham's personality uh, for his whole life in general. And this is found in Parshat Ametet, first, uh, the first Pasha of Pasha Lech Lecha, and it's in the Midrash Ot Chet. I'm going to skip the beginning of the Midrash, but the Midrash is talking about a Pasuk in Tehilim, Kuf Yud, which the Midrash obviously relates to Avam Avinu, Imcha Nidavot Biyom Chilecha, Bahadre Kodesh Mirechem Mishachar, Lachat Tal Yaldutecha. So the Midrash uh, says the beginnings about Avraham Avinu's actual history. This part I'm all skipping. It says, "Imcha nidavot biyom chelecha." Was biyom chelecha? Imcha yiti beit shenadafta lishmi darid lekivshan haesh. The uh, I was with you. Biyom chelecha is the day that you Avraham uh, Avinu was thrown or volunteered. The Midrash says volunteered to go into the furnace of Ur Kasdim. Actually, interesting. That's called Biyom Chelechat. In other words, the Midrash is seeing it not the day of your uh, strength. And that's why it says Nadafta, you volunteered. It doesn't see it as being a trial of Avam Avinu. Obviously, he was thrown in involuntarily. He wasn't jumping into the fire. But, but he basically volunteered because he insisted. And he could have gotten out of it. And, and so the Midrash is looking at as, as that's a sign of Avam Avinu's strength. I was with you when you were strong, so I, was, I strengthened you more. It's not, it's not a... It's not a weakness of Amavinu. God feels mercy for him and saves him because he's weak. Another way around. It's, it's God joins Amavinu in the army, in the Chayil. Uh, as it says, Nadafta Lishmi. You were, you were a soldier in my army. That's why I was with you. Uh, uh, you how was Amavinu a servant of God or a soldier of God? Because he gathered others. Armies and populations for God. Bahadre Kodesh, Mehadarosh Lamik Tashticha, Mirecha Mishacha, Mirachmoshalam Shikhatihali. Meaning I've always been waiting for you. It's from the from the womb of the world, from the beginning of, of time. We've been waiting, God has been waiting for Vamavinu. And now the Kushalai. Okay? The end of the Pasuk Lacha Talyaldutecha. To you is the dew of your youth. Tal Yaldutecha, the dew of youth. What is the, the dew of Avinu's youth? And here's how the Midrash explains it. Lefi, Shaya Avinu Avraham mitpached veomer. Tomar sheyesh piyadi avon shayiti oveid ovadat kochavim kol hashanim halalu. The Midrash assumes. There were two deot, not found actually in Midrash Rabbi at all, but there were two deot as to when Avraham Avinu discovered God. The famous one, which I think we were taught when we were children, was that he was three years old. But this Midrash is based on the one that says that he was 48, which actually, of course, makes much more sense. So for the first 48 years of his life, Avraham Avinu was in fact an Oveid of Udar Zara. He was an idolater, like his father and like, and like his society. So, Avraham Avinu was mitpached ve'omer. 
The word mitpached, difficult to translate. It's not, in fact, it's not a Hebrew word. I mean, it's not normally found in, in lexicon. It's an unusual word. Pachad means to fear. What does mitpached mean? I'm convinced that it means not to be afraid, but to, to be, I think we'd call it today anxious. Mitpached, in a continual state of, of making oneself fearful. It's what's called anxiety. Angst. In modern, in modern English. It's describing not an action of Abraham on a given day, but a constant state of mind. Abraham Avinu was, was uh, churning inside, saying to himself, perhaps, is it not possible, isn't it true, that I bear the sin of all the years where I was an idolater? God said to him, L'cha tal yaldutecha. To you is the dew of your youth. In other words, your youth is like the dew. Your youth is for you like dew. What is the most obvious, most impressive perhaps, aspect of the dew? That it falls, it's quite wet, and yet it just sort of disappears before our eyes. It evaporates. And God says to Ramavinu, your youth evaporates. The sins of your youth do not bear any weight on your personality because they simply evaporate pochim. They fly away. They evaporate into thin air. The Midrash then adds other lines to explain the tal. It's interesting because I think these two drashot are almost the opposite. The second one says, you, your youth or you in general are like do because just as do is a siman berachal olam, it may evaporate but after all it's a good thing. I mean it, it does refresh and nurture the earth. You too are a siman berachal olam. Okay, so I, I want to concentrate, actually I want to mostly concentrate on the, not even on the answer, but on the problem. The Medrash says that Avam Avinu was mitpached v'yomer. How does the Midrash know that? The answer is, from the answer, if God said to him, tal, tal your youth is like do, apparently he was worried about his youth. But interestingly enough, this expression, mitpached, which is a very unusual expression, it's not found in other places I think there's only one other place, other than the one I'm going to mention now. I don't know of only one other place, other than Avraham Avinu, where in, in the regular rabbinic literature it's found. I'm not saying that because I know rabbinic literature by heart. I, I checked on the Bahiran CD, trust me. A little bit later, in Pashat Lech Lecha, in Parsha Mem Dalid, it's five chapters later in the Midrash Rabbah, the expression is said once again, twice, about Avraham Avinu different context. After the war, when Abraham Avinu uh, uh, goes and rescues Lot from the four kings who had made war with the five kings, and it's all over and everything's okay, you have God say to Abraham Avinu, Al tira Abraham Anochi Magen Lach God reassures Abraham and says, do not fear. So of course the Midrash asks, Rashi asks, everybody asks, what was Abraham Avinu afraid of? 
He had just won the war. It's not before the war. It's after the war. And there were a lot of answers. A lot of answers in the Midrash. But I'm going to read very quickly two of them. And the content is unimportant because we're not learning that passion now, but merely the sentiment, the, the emotion that goes behind it. Rabbi Levi had two explanations and Rabbi had a third explanation, another one. Rabbi Levi Amal, Lefi Shaya Avinu Avraham Mitpached Ve'omer. Here it's clear that the word Mitpached doesn't mean fear, but anxiety. After the war, it's all over. Rabbi Levi was one, he has nothing to fear. But he's suffering from lack of confidence, from uncertainty, from a boding discontent that gnaws at his soul. What does he say? Mitpached v'yomer, tomar otan uchlusin shaharakti shaya ben tzadik echad v'yarei shamayim echad. The truth is, if we would present this, this thought of Avraham Avinu to the royal psychologist, to the tribal psychologist of Avraham Avinu's tribe, I assume he would put him on the couch. Avraham Avinu, after the war's all over, everyone else is rejoicing and singing and dancing, and he's saying... You know, maybe when I killed all those people, maybe one of them was a tzaddik. What's he afraid of? He's not afraid. But he's suffering from anxiety. He cannot find peace. His mind is troubled. Maybe I didn't do the right thing. The, the, The grand idea was correct, but what about the little details? Maybe there was a tzaddik in that army and I killed him. So God tells him it's okay. And the Midrash describes God's answer. I'm going to skip that part. And then, Rabbi Levi has another explanation. Rabbi Levi, I'm a uchri. Rabbi Levi explained it differently. The fish avinu Avraham mitpached ve'omer. It's very practical. He says, I killed these five, these four kings. But maybe their children will find an army, they'll raise an army and come and attack me. So, also, it's not a fear. I mean, it's definitely a fear. Offhand, he killed them all. The, the children have to raise an army, they have to reconstitute their, their governments. And frankly, if I've only beat the first four, he can beat the next four also. So, what is it? It's you don't feel the peace when you go to war. I don't think Abraham Avinu here is having a strategic fear. He's afraid of this, so let him uh, build a uh, war. In this world, in their world for sure, you're always at war. So you have to have defense as well. Abraham Avinu is saying, you know, now I've changed my life. I was, I was a peaceful shepherd, a teacher of spirituality. Now I've gotten involved in politics. For whatever end... I went to war once, but this means I'm going to spend the rest of my life at war. I don't think he's afraid they're going to come and they're going to kill him. He's afraid they're going to come and do war with him. He doesn't want to live in war. But he's afraid, you know, my whole life has changed. I'm, I'm now stuck in the real world, in the world of politics and war and, and international relations. It's interesting to read the answer. Because what God said to him, Anochim magen lach, I will protect you. But the word magen, to protect, also means a shield, that which protects the swordsman. Maha magen azeh afilo karachavot ba'ot aileh hi omedet kenegdan, kach at afilo kol of dekochabim mitkansin alech and nilcham ani kenegdan. God said to him, don't worry, I will be your shield. And just like the shield 
no matter how many swords bang on it, it stands up to them, so too I will fight against them. Those, he isn't saying, Tavamabino, don't worry, if they fight, you'll win. He's saying, don't worry, if they fight, you won't even feel it. You'll be behind the shield. I'm the shield. He didn't say, I'm your offensive weapon. He said, I'm your defensive weapon. You won't even feel it. You, you really will live a peaceful life now. If they come to battle you, I'll take care of it. He's, he's really trying to be sure of for the, again, for the anxiety. The Rabbanan Amichad, the Rabbanan, have a third explanation. But again, the same, the same characteristic, the same psychological underpinning. The fi shaya avinu Avraham mit pached v'omer. Yarati the kishana esh v'nitzarti. Yarati the machemet hamalachim v'nitzarti. Avraham Avinu was anxious and saying, you know, look, I, I was thrown into the fiery pit and I was saved. I went to war with these kings and I was saved. Perhaps it's possible that all these miracles that God did for me, they have used up my credit rating. My bank of schuyot, of merits, has been used up in this world and therefore in the next world I will have nothing. God said to them, don't worry. It's a different drush on the word magain. Magain in Aramaic means free. I did this for free. It's not al cheshbon. It's not. It's not part of your account. It was a freebie. Everything that you've earned, you will have latid level. The answers are not important here. Neither to our original midrash nor to these three midrashim concerning the war with, with the the kings. But you have this um, diagnosis of Chazal that Avraham Avinu forget the content. He was a man who was mitpached mitpached v'omer. What he said. So, you see, Rabbi himself had two suggestions. But had a third suggestion. In our case, a fourth example. I think what Chazal was saying is that Avam Avinu as a personality was a person who was mitpached. He was anxious and suffering from anxiety about his past and his future. The relationship of his past to his future. Why do Chazal think that that is a characteristic of Avam Avinu? And secondly, What's the spiritual significance of this? I don't think that Chazal are being critical of Avraham Avinu. I don't think that they're saying that he was crazy. It is perhaps a, a um, extreme reaction of Avraham Avinu, but one that Chazal thought was, was worthy and appropriate. And that's how fact they know it exists. Why is Avraham Avinu, of all the about the expression, does not appear by Yitzchak or by Yaakov? Why was Avraham Avinu mitpachet? The answer is clearly because he was the first. And not just the first. Avraham Avinu is out there on his own. One, he's the first. He can't rely on tradition, on his fathers, on his brothers, on Sfarim, on Chazal. Two, in truth, he can't even rely on God to guide him. So he can rely on God, but not on God to guide him. Lech lecha me'artzacha, ela aretz asher areka. Avaminu sets out to Eretz Yisrael without knowing where he's going. Despite the fact that in the end of Noach, he originally with his father set out to go to Eretz Canaan. He hadn't made it. He wound up being in Haran. 
But now God says to him, go to the land I'll tell you about. And in fact, we don't find that God ever said to him that we know where to go. But how did God show him? The land I will show you. How did God show him where the land is? We don't know. There is one Midrash, which I, it has, it has particular significance because of its particular content, but that's not the point. There's one Midrash that describes how Avraham Avinu uh, finally knew that he'd come to the right land, and it's not what you'd expect. It's not because God said to him, go left, go right, go to, in the end, go to Eretz Canaan. He literally had to figure it out on his, on his own. This Midrash is found in the same uh, section of the Midrash that we're reading right now. It's a continuation of our Midrash. I'm skipping a few lines. And it says the following interesting thing. The Midrash has a lot of uh, significance. I'm going to skip the most of the significance. I just want to make one little point. The Midrash says as follows. Amar Rabbi Levi. sets out to go to a land. He doesn't know where, so he's, he's wandering. He's, he's walking around all of Aram Naharayim and Aram Nachor. Areas of Syria. He saw the people there eating and drinking and, and, and having festivities. The reason apparently is, that's why it says Aram Naharayim and Aram Nachor, specifically Aram Naharayim, Aram of the two rivers. It's a land which is naturally irrigated. Therefore, apparently, there's not that much work to do to be a successful agriculturist, to be a successful farmer. So you have a lot of time. First, we have a lot of crops. Therefore, we have a lot to have festivities for. And also, you have a lot of time to have festivities. People lived well. He said, Avraham Avinu said, Halavai, lo yeheh li haylek ba'aretz hazot. said, I hope this is not the land. Didn't like the society. Not because they were sinning. But because they were frivolous. Kevan When he came to the ladder of Tzong, of Tyre. What's the ladder of Tyre? Those of you who have been to Eretz Yisrael. So we call today Rosh HaNikra. The very steep descent. Slightly south of the city, of the Lebanese city of Tyre. It's the border today between Lebanon and, and Eretz Yisrael and Israel. So that steep descent is called the ladder of Tyre. Sulamashatza. In other words, he came to the border of Eretz Yisrael, coming from the north. You, you, he's coming basically from the uh, from the east, but you come around over the north. You enter Eretz Yisrael from the north. This is the assumption the Midrash makes. He saw them busy. They were weeding when you have to weed and, and trimming when you have to trim. In other words, agricultural work required a, a lot of work. You constantly had to clean up and you had to, and you had to plow. And to get, your, to get your, your bounty from the land, you had to work the whole year. They were busy the whole time. Asukin. Nikush, Idu. They were busy the whole year. Oh, I wish that this should be the land which will be my land. That's when God said to him, this is the land. In other words, doesn't mean I will guide you. It means when you will find it, I will confirm. After the fact, God says, you made the right choice. Avam Avinu is, he's saying, He's feeling his way in the dark. He's wandering around. He's the first, unguided first. 
his whole point, I think the point is that he's the discoverer. And the Midrash understands that psychologically that means it's not surprising, it's almost inevitable that Rabbi Mabinu will be mitpached ve'omer. When you discover new things, you never know if you're going in the, you never really know if you're going in the right direction. Except that God comes and, and reassures you, as he did later on, anochi magein lecha. He tells Rabbi Mabinu, will be okay, or here, lecha tal yadutecha. Yes, God accepts upon himself the job of confirming and reassuring, but till you get to that stage, you're gnawed by doubts. So this is not true for Yitzchak and Yaakov who are going more or less in the path of their father. And of course, we are, we, we have this assurance ourselves. We live with this assurance, you know, first and foremost, before anything else. You're going in the paths of your fathers. That's, that's the meaning of Yiddishkeit. That doesn't mean that you can't do new things. But the, the, the order is very important here. When you're striking out to do new things on top of your, your basic form of your life from childhood was you can then build extra extra stories. So you don't suffer this mitpached. That's so unique to Bamir. Bamir isn't building on anything. Every step he takes is a step into the unknown. There are other Medrashim as well, which I won't quote today, which, which stress this all the time. The Medrashim go out of their way to say that Abraham Avinu is on his own. And only after he makes the decision will God confirm it. He, of course, makes the decision. He's not a person who is mitpached velo oseh. Very important. He's not someone who, because of his anxiety, is unable to act. He acts. Very strongly, he goes to Israel. He attacks on his own four mighty kings. Avraham Avinu is bold and decisive, but that doesn't mean that inwardly, psychologically, he is smug and self-assured. He forces himself to be decisive because he knows it's a decision. He's made a decision that is the best one that he can make. And he stands by that decision doesn't regret it, but inside, churning away at the strings of his heart, I wouldn't say the seeds of doubt, but the seeds of, yes, anxiety. And therefore, God says to him, no, no, you did the right thing. No, no, you did the right thing. It's a good thing. And in fact, in our case, the anxiety isn't that I do the wrong thing, but the anxiety is, can I ever overcome my past? It's a form of the same kind of anxiety. We strike out, but your past haunts you. And God says to him, you don't have a past. Your past has evaporated, leaving behind only bracha, but no burden. Now, an interesting question would be to ask, okay, this makes sense for Mavino, are we supposed to learn anything from it? And I'm convinced that yes, although I can't prove this in the Midrash. But I think that whatever, anything the Midrash says about the Avot, the Avot are all three Avot. Each one individually is enough. We are meant to be Yaakov. We are meant to be Yitzhak. But we're also meant to be Abraham. Madras is actually suggesting this as a desirable quality. Even though we are children of Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. But part of following God is discovering God. We are supposed to discover God the way Abraham Avinu discovered God, even though, of course, we are also 
ourselves Yitzchak and Yaakov. And therefore we have our fathers and teachers in Jewish history. And if you have that experience of discovering God, then yes, you will be gnawed at by anxiety. And yes, the Midrash says, God will be saying to you, it'll be okay. Specifically now, a few minutes, the topic of this particular Midrash, because I was really interested in the, in the general point. Avraham Avinu for his whole life is going to be mitpached v'yomer. It's a quality of being ha'av harishon, the first father. This particular example, of course, is an interesting one. Avraham Avinu is haunted by the sins of his past. Now, you could say he doesn't really know yet about the power of tshuva. The power of tshuva is a miracle. God has to disclose it to him and say that if you do tshuva, your sins disappear and are not merely overlooked. And that, that really could, and I think that is the Pshat. That's a very good Pshat. Uh, Abraham Avinu was worried, and God said to him, you don't have to worry because, it doesn't say explicitly, but don't worry. Yes, there's something called tshuva, and now I've just explained it to you. You couldn't figure it out on your own. But I think there's actually more here than that. It's not, it's not, it's not all that simple. In fact, we know from the Rambam in Chotshuva, based on the Gemara, that a person confesses, let's say in Yom Kippur, the sins from the previous years as well, even those who's already confessed and done Shuvah and found got gotten rid of. You should be worried about your past life even though you've done Shuvah. You should be worried and God should be reassuring. It's not something, like if we have this problem that we learn certain things in Yiddishkeit, and therefore, okay, there's no problem. And we're already after the whole you're supposed to experience the whole thing. There are two sides to this question. It's not that simple. There is something to be said for the fact that what you did for 48 years is not disappearing. It's, not, it's, not, it's significant. It has, it has effects in the real world. And so God has to make it. He does it for you. God comes to you and says to you, I will be with you. My presence will make it. My presence with you. Begin the Pasuk. Imcha. Because I'm with you, I make the sins evaporate. Not you make the sins evaporate. It's, it's, it's a miraculous effect that our being with God produces. And therefore, to experience the miraculous effect, you have to experience that it's a miraculous effect, that it's a miracle. And therefore, you have to experience the before and the after. It's not that you made a mistake. Abraham was 100% right to be worried. It's also true that God has the power to simply make it disappear, to make reality change, like the Tal. The second point in the Midrash, Ma Siman Bracha Olam, so point out, it sounds so different than the first point. How do they connect together? It's thought there's only one Tal in the Pasuk. Apparently the Midrash is saying that there's a connection. The process of Tshuva has two effects. One is it does change evaporate, erase the effect, the bad effect of the past. Two, that very point is bracha le'olam. That is to do when it evaporates it nourishes the world. The evaporation of your sins through your finding God is a bracha le'olam more indifferent than simply the fact that you believe in God. Your discovery of God, the fact that you had a, you started as an idolater and became an Oved Hashem, that example to the world is the Bracha Olam. 
In other words, the change, change implies a previous state and a present state. You can't have change without the, you can't have change from bad to good without bad. But your brachat olam isn't the fact that you're good. Your brachat olam is that you change from bad to good. In other words, tshuva is a brachat olam because it's tshuva and not because only because it's now good. Moving, coming closer to God, fixing the past, is your brachat olam, and therefore, why should you shouldn't? God says, don't be that worried about. Don't be that anxious about your sins. They are in fact, one, forgiven, annulled, eliminated, until they leave a residue. And the residue not, isn't, isn't the residue of bad, it's the residue of good. By evaporating, you teach, you grant the world the special bracha of changing for the better, which is a good in and of, in and of itself. So this is I think the meaning of this Midrash. Midrash here is found in the beginning of Lech Lecha. And here it's connected to Avram's beginning. In other words, it's the anxiety that comes from the movement from Avodah Zarah to uh, worship of God. Other anxieties will be connected to later events. I think my point was that underlying the particular events which give rise to the particular anxiety is a deeper point. The deeper point is anxiety per se not being sure of yourself, this is the greatness of Lamavina, that he marches steadfastly forward, not because of either a justified or unjustified confidence, confidence or overconfidence. He marches forward despite lacking that confidence. He has confidence in his judgment, but not the kind of confidence that gives you peace of mind. He makes a choice, he sticks by it, but he can't eliminate on his own without a specific speech of God, he can't eliminate the gnawing doubts precisely because everything he does, he does on his own and it would be wrong. It would be, it would be a fallacy. It would be a, it would be a sin almost for someone like Avraham Avinu to be that sure of himself. If you're dependent on God, if God tells you what to do, you can be 100% sure. If you're dependent on your own knowledge, judgment and understanding, it would be a, it, it would be, it would be something wrong with you if you didn't have the gnawing doubts that Ramavino has according to these, according to these Medrashim. And that's all for today. We'll be back next week with more Medrashic insights into the life and times of Ramavino. Kultuf.